Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Presented by Bruins Diehards, the favorite podcast of Brazil. Well, maybe not the favorite podcast of Brazil, the favorite <laughs> Bruins podcast of Brazil. I, I don't know. I don't want to. I think all time favorite. Too far. Um, Cam is not here, but that's okay. That's because I'm Chris Gear. It's even better. I am here. Uh, Drew is here, and filling in for Cam, we have Jess Butthead Bomasto. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you remembered that. That's... <laughs> uh, Thank you, you. You may know Jess from the uh, Garden Gals podcast. Um, you may not because it's new, uh, <laughs> but you may know her from the Jess cast yes. from from the days of yore. Um, where else can we find your work, Jess? Um, you can find my work um, on Pucker Up Sports. Uh, Couch Guy Sports, soon to be Tarps Off Hockey, because I'm going to be doing some lovely uh, Toronto Six coverage there. Nice. And I feel like there's another site, which is so bad that I'm like not remembering it. <laughs> um, my own blog, uh, lowqualityjess.wordpress.com. Nice. And also, if you need another podcast to listen to, <laughs> Locked on Flames every day, Monday through Friday. Well, I think most people listening to this podcast are actively looking for another podcast to listen to instead. (laughs) And after watching the Bruins play over the past week, maybe they're looking actively for another team to watch play hockey. So let us us offer as an alternative the Calgary Flames. Um, Drew, uh, Jake DeBrusque. (laughs) literally saved your ass yes how do you feel um feel good a little angry (laughs) i was i was high key pissed in the group chat i think i said like like fuck off shut the fuck up a bunch like i was actually mad because i did not agree to that it it would have been false advertising to put that there get a bunch of followers it's just like i'm not doing that yeah, so here was the issue. I didn't really read our texts from earlier a lot because I woke up super hungover, super late, and I kind of just glanced through the chat. <laughs> and I had thought you had suggested the initial thing, which was no. if the Bru- like <laughs> before the Bruins win or something, it, like if we get a thousand followers before the Bruins win another game. Uh, then you would get a tattoo no, of Cam, my face on your ass. But that was Cam, Cam. said that. I he said go, 500. He said 500, and I said 1,000. And I'll Maybe consider it. But uh, then you, you tweeted out <laughs> that I would get a tattoo of Zidane Ochara in his bunny costume on my ass. Oh my so, uh, 
Yeah, I guess Jake DeBrus saved me, but also I wasn't going to do it anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, and I think we were all kind of rooting I, for someone to honestly, score, so we as weren't it made went to be along, liars. As it went along, part of me was thinking, you know what? That'd be a funny tattoo. I don't know about my ass, but maybe I'll get that. <laughs> like maybe. <laughs> I feel like the tattoo artist would be like, so what's the story behind this? Like, is there anything, you know, meaningful? No. It's just... I lost a bet. I love to torture myself with hockey and betting. We just have this dumb podcast that... (laughs) Just, like, plug the podcast several times. We try to plug it anywhere we can. (laughs) Yeah, you should see the weird places that... We'll just be having random conversations with people and just... Hey, I was just, like, talking to this person and, like... Oh, by the way, I got a Bruins podcast with... do that yeah, constantly. Just, sorry, I don't watch hockey, and what are Bruins? Yeah, there's a lot of Montreal Canadian fans here because we're literally 20 minutes from the Quebec border, and, like, it's split. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I don't get, like, rocks thrown at me for wearing a Bruins shirt out of the house or anything, but, like, there are people who would probably be like, we don't support that propaganda but then there would also be people that would be like oh my god give it to me like inject it to my veins like please like i love sports and i love hockey and it's it's great it's nice but all right so drew wrote up some some light show notes and maybe uh, one of those is intro the beers yeah we should probably or... like finish the intro so <laughs> hi i'm chris gear uh and I have in front of me uh, the Finnish long drink, uh, co-owned, I guess, by Tuka Rask to uh, support our favorite Finnish goalie. I don't know if he's my favorite Finnish goalie, but... One of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know any other it, Finnish goalies <laughs> off yeah. the top of my head, so... Jonas Corposalo? Oh, is he is Finnish? Is Pecorine Finnish? Pecorine is Finnish. Oh, okay. Um, See, that's the problem. I can, like, I you don't might be know a real, exactly. Like, real big Kari Lettinen <laughs> fan. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's like a, like a gin grapefruit drink. Kind of mm-hmm. tastes like Fresca. I don't know. It's not bad. It's a little too sugary for, like, moderate uh, to large consumption. But, <laughs> you know, if you have one of them, it's pretty good. <laughs> if you have a lot of them it gets kind of weird <laughs> it's a recipe for a hangover <laughs> that that, oh. that that like slight nod just told me you had a crazy night with them at one point <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> the terror in your eyes really? i was oh. well i was still recovering from the hangover uh at like 7 p.m yesterday so oh um, that, i mean that's also probably a uh, side effect of having just recently turned 30 because that's the magic switch <laughs> that you flip yeah yeah but that's also like pink whitney level of like sugar too i feel like yeah i avoid stuff like that for the most part i i feel like once i turned 24 i was like you know we're gonna just stick to maybe less sugar (laughs) (laughs) um i am drinking from flying monkeys craft brewery the mutants are revolting crushable ipa (laughs) <laughs> oh my god Colin so, would give you so much shit for that <laughs> yeah i know right um i found it pretty cool i i was in line with it and then i was reading the can like because i know listeners can't see but there's a lot of text on this can um but for the location it says 
107 Dunlop Street, uh, Barry, like the Barry Coat Colts, Ontario, Canada, Earth, Milky Way, the Universe, Infinity is their uh, exact address. So yeah, that's too much. I don't know if you're gonna fit that's that on lot. an envelope, but send them some fan mail. <laughs> and I'm drinking uh, a Truly, a lemonade Truly, which is um, a Boston based company which i didn't know until recently until i took the time to yeah aren't they like with the sam can. adams or something right i yeah, think they're the so boston, boston beer co or whatever i i found that out because i was at a a bar in austin texas and it was one of those places that just has like beers from all over the country and like it had non-beers on one page and it said like everywhere every everyone where it was from or whatever but uh the, the reason i remember this is because for every drink on the menu they had the alcohol percentage and it was all like 5.0 and for truly they had it was like 5.00002 percent and i still haven't figured out why (laughs) we're balling today on a monday clearly (laughs) just like a little we're a little bit better than all those other drinks just Just 0.00002 percent that's what you pay the good money for. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's that extra zero 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 two that really gets you drunk. So, Absolutely. yeah. So when it when it comes to uh, hard seltzers, I am a truly man. Not because I think really? they taste significantly better than any of the other ones. I think they all basically taste the same. But yeah. one for being like a Boston related uh, company, and two because I love just saying there ain't no rulies when drinking trulies. So, <laughs> oh, I never heard that before. No, because I came up with it. Oh, well, there you go. Trademark that or something. I don't respect you as a human anymore, Chris. Um, (laughs) It's all right. It's been a while since you haven't respected me. (laughs) True. Um, As far as seltzers go, I really like the Bud Light seltzers. I feel like, like they have the same alcohol content as all the others, but it just like feels a little lighter. So I can like drink a bunch of them and not feel like crap until the next day. I feel like with the seltzer hangovers... It's not so much in your head, but in your stomach. It just is definitely. all bubbly, and it just is like, ah, oh, what the hell? That's a lot of carbonation. Yeah. It's, it's a, definitely a different kind of carbonation than beer. Yeah. I feel like the strawberry um, Bud Light seltzers, that was the first one I ever tried, and I was at a rest stop, and I saw, like, one of the big cans, and I was like, oh, like, I haven't seen these yet before, so, let, like, I'm just going to grab one and try one. It had the strangest aftertaste. Like, it <laughs> tasted like Bud Light. But then I tried, like, the rest of, like, the variety pack, and it was delicious. Like, the mango, it like, the mango from Bud Light Seltzer is, like, the top tier. Like, if I had to rank the flavors from, like, each hard seltzer brand, it's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. The, I think All the, the only limes Bud Light... just get thrown away. The only Bud Light Seltzer I've had is the strawberry one. I didn't think it was bad, but... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like flashbacks it, it does ruin things a little bit for me when so I, I think i learned this in like seventh grade so it might not even be true uh there's so many things that like teachers taught me that i later learned were just not true but <laughs> like you know uh, all of u.s history <laughs> <laughs> yeah m- most of u.s history um but apparently and also just take this with the hugest grain of salt uh the like antifreeze they use on jets uh, tastes a lot like strawberry and they use like the same shit not necessarily like a literal antifreeze but oh the, some of the same ingredients that make it taste like that are the artificial flavor strawberry 
Wow. So that kind That's of ruined great. strawberry stuff for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. I also learned that antifreeze, while we're on the topic of that, is actually really hard to detect in autopsies. So um, this isn't me saying, you know, antifreeze your enemies, but <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Do with that what you will, I guess. Well, yeah, that's that's one of the th- uh, not necessarily that I know that it's hard to detect in autopsies, but <laughs> that's one of the reasons that they uh, they make such a big deal out of it because uh, kids drink antifreeze because yeah. it like tastes good. Apparently, it's like sweet. Yeah, hmm. I wouldn't know, but um, you know, <laughs> these Maybe are also things I was drink. told. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little, little too much time with me and Drew, and you might be reaching for the antifreeze. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, oh wow! I just tried to click away for uh, my show notes, but. Uh... I, I texted them this time because I was lazy. Actually, I screenshotted them. I typed it in notes and screenshotted it. That's how professional <laughs> right, so, we are at Brews and Bruins. So, Jess, from from listening to yeah. your debut episode of Garden Gals, I know that you didn't necessarily get to watch a lot of the games. Nope. Um, because of work. But I think just from a global perspective, did you have like any takeaways from the round robin? Um. I feel like the game against Washington yesterday um, was probably their best played game. I don't know if it's because the lines were better or there was better mojo going on, but I definitely feel like it was sloppy, like all around. It was just, it was bad, but they said that they were treating it like preseason, and honestly, that's kind of the way to go because... First of all, you're already in the playoffs, and who cares about seeding? I don't. That's just. Yeah. That's just me. <laughs> like I don't. I personally am not as worried as other people who are saying, "Oh my god, this is gonna be a first round exit." Blah blah blah. Okay, like, relax. <laughs> yeah, I think where the seeding comes into play is only like, you're potentially. If you're a higher seed, you're potentially playing a statistically or skillfully weaker team. And mm-hmm. them kind of coming out of this do-or-die playoff mentality, whereas these round-robin teams are going, kind of just jumping into that after treating these more like exhibition or regular season level of play games. That That's really, I think, really the only way it holds. Because, you know, when things are normal, home ice is huge. But... uh yeah, in this, it, that's not too much of a factor other than the, you know, you get the second change and everything. But yeah, I, I guess that's one thing I'm a little concerned about, especially seeing the Bruins now facing the Hurricanes. Probably would have rathered one of those other teams out of the gate, but eventually you got to beat the best, the other best team in your yeah. conference if you're going to get there. So, yeah, uh, I believe we said on last episode, I don't know if we all agreed, but I, I definitely mentioned that the team I least wanted to play was the Hurricanes. Yeah. Um, and at the time, we didn't really know if that was uh, w- what the possibility of that happening was. And then yeah. eventually uh, the Washington game became like, all right, we're playing to either play the Islanders or the Hurricanes. And I much rather would have played the Islanders. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess like the good transition would be let's talk about whether we're worried or not about the Bruins play in the round robin and then start talking about whether or not the hurricanes worry us. So personally, uh, so what Jess just said was good because 
she mentioned that they were treating this like preseason games and I I was telling myself that like the whole time up until the Capitals game where I kind of felt like this is the game we start to see them turn it on and I guess we did sort of like we we saw a better team out there than we had in the previous game but that team still didn't really score yeah (laughs) and so like to me that's a little worrisome and like you said Drew like the Bruins are about to play against a team that just had like a tune-up round of actual hockey. So when do you stop playing preseason hockey and jump to playoff hockey? And I hope we eventually see it, and I really hope we see it in game one, but I'm a little skeptical that that's going to happen. So not to interrupt, but the Rangers mm. have been awarded. Okay, cool. So good yeah. all right i wanted let's to talk yeah. about this all right <laughs> i i wanted the wild but rangers ain't bad i think that anybody but toronto for me yeah I, I just think the yeah. rangers in the wild are the weaker of all mm-hmm. those teams i would say um so i'm glad i'm also like out of all the teams in the western conference the wild's my favorite so that's another reason i was pulling for them but I, I'll, I'll live with the rangers over any of those other teams yeah it's, it's good for hockey i think to just have a good team in new york city too I, like i don't like the rangers i have no real love for the rangers but you know it's uh as much as i hate when people are like ah the original six teams uh it is an original six team and it's in like the biggest market mm-hmm. um and i mean i i love what they got going on there a little bit like i artemi panarin's great he might win the heart uh, Mika Zibanejad, if he had played a full season, might have been mm-hmm. in the heart talk because not even playing with Artemi Panarin and averaged the most goals per game of anybody in the league, um, and put Alexi Lafreniere on his li- on his line, and holy shit, who knows what's gonna happen? Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting season whenever it happens. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whenever really if know. it does. <laughs> yeah, but. I don't know. I'm I'm okay with playing the Hurricanes. Like, I mean, I think obviously revenge is on their mind from the Eastern Conference Finals. But at the same time, like, uh, Rod Brindamore was talking today and he was like, yeah, like, you know, we've been out for a week. So we've kind of have that disadvantage and, you know, we could potentially lose some steam. Mm-hmm. But good good point yeah because i I mean i'm i'm here shaking in my boots about the bruins having not played any meaningful (laughs) hockey but also yeah hurricanes have just been sitting around for a while so and they also played like the rangers too and yeah um, like who knows (laughs) who knows if they actually played well maybe Uh, they just felt bad for the rangers getting swept so that's why they gave him the pick it was rigged (laughs) so i I guess the I guess the one thing that worries me is if uh, their their defensive core is already really good. I guess mm-hmm. Jacob Slavin's really the only like top defenseman on their team, but I the rest of their guys are all like second pairing defenseman quality, and mm. so it's just a really deep like solid yeah. crew. And if they get Dougie Hamilton back, like that's a legit number one also. Mm-hmm. And oh, suddenly, suddenly either you split them up, but you split him and Slavin up, and or, or you can just have like an incredible top pairing that that worries me a little bit and dougie Um, did practice today with the team today being monday we were recording for anyone listening 
if you're out there, <laughs> say hello. Um, so yeah, that, that I, I agree. The D is scary, and they just have those young forwards who have just been. They they were amazing in their playoff from last year. Maybe not so much against the Bruins, but. Um, and now they have another year under their belts. They have plenty of playoff experience under their belts. And then they just had those uh, that qualifying series where they performed amazingly. Uh, Aho and Seveshnikov and company. So, yeah, I am definitely. Yeah, yeah, the top line is. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a little worried about that, um, especially having seen, like, it really it was uh, in the round-robin games, especially in that last one, the Bruins were pretty good in terms of creating chances finishing was an issue and now they're going to be up against uh, a great defensive core like going into the playoffs I thought having Charlie Coyle on that third line who was performing so damn well was going to be a huge upside for the Bruins I still I still think it is an advantage but now you're up against a team with a really deep defensive core uh, a big and, part of my thinking was like you're facing a Toronto who has like no defense <laughs> nothing <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting because like we we don't know if the Bruins are going to be able to get get rolling again against a core like that, and plus yeah. they're really deep down the middle, so mm-hmm. that that coil advantage might not be a thing if you got Jordan Stahl in the opposing yeah. team's third line. So yeah, yeah, worrying times. Maybe twenty twenty <laughs> just got worse. Who knows? Yeah, I do. I do think they they certainly have the ability though to turn it around. I think I think we'll see a good game one i don't think they're just gonna get blown out of the water uh a loss is not out of the question losing the series is not out of the question but i don't think it's it's gonna be any blowouts so that should be a good series i definitely think it'll be fun and really any sort of playoff hockey is for me so just (laughs) yeah just give me the just give me the bruins i don't care yeah I i think if there is one major advantage for the bruins it's in goal so, yeah. Yep. Uh, I mean, both of those goaltenders for Carolina have played well at times, but I don't think over the course of a full season either of them were particularly good. And I mean, you got Tuca and Net. Some would say they aren't comfortable with that, and those people <laughs> would be idiots. Yeah, uh, clowns. B- Brenda Moore said he's uh, prepared to play both goaltenders because he did in that first mm. the qualifying series. Uh, yeah. I forget which one of them played games one and two, the other game three. I forget which was which, but uh, yeah, he I said think Reimer played three. Okay, but yeah, he said he's willing to play both and is actually looking to kind of planning on it. So that'll be interesting. I don't even I don't really think I've seen a playoff series. You know, I guess 2011, the cup, they had to play uh, what's-his-face a lot. Schneider? Corey Schneider? It's not Schneider. Yeah. Is, it? is it Schneider? I got it right. Wait, for who? Wait, what? <laughs> I just, I, I was correcting uh, you. I was Vancouver. saying your pronunciation of Schneider was correct. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Vancouver, Vancouver played Schneider. Because uh, Luongo was sucking. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't think I've ever seen it where you're kind of, like, throwing in a tandem purposefully yeah you know so i'm so glad the bruins i'm glad that they're secure with their goaltending and you know even though people want to say oh tuka can't play big games first of all these were qualifying round they're not even round robins rather and they didn't mean anything and sure we can talk about his past playoff experience but bruce cassidy trusts him so that's that's and Bruce, we trust. I for one, yeah. I for one trust 
anything that Bruce says about yeah. a goalie that we already trust. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was I was looking up stats to fight uh, Joe Haggerty. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> Oops. The only yeah, purpose. By the, and by the way, yeah, uh, is it is sad that a lot of people at NBC Sports uh, Boston and other affiliates lost mm-hmm. their jobs. Uh, yeah couple weeks ago and and hags was one of those and like as much as we go back and forth with them on twitter and and whatnot but uh it obviously not a good thing that a guy's losing his job but uh he'll land on his feet he's like he's a good writer i just don't agree with him yeah often maybe a new beat is where he belongs but he'll find somewhere yeah um we kind of highlighted it, a lot of that stuff really quickly. Usually, <laughs> usually we're running way behind. <laughs> Jess brings the streamlines. Yeah, the, sorry. The show. <laughs> keeps, <laughs> keeps us away from getting sidetracked. Oh, usually I'm the one getting sidetracked. I'm always like, oh. Oh, uh, there's there's plenty of time to get sidetracked. Um, um, should we should we talk about like? Uh, do you guys want to look over what the matchups are and go over? Yeah, I was going to say, what are your, both of your, like, the playoff series you're looking for, outside the Bruins that you're looking forward Mm -hmm. to the most, you think would be the most entertaining and maybe you plan on paying close attention to? Because for me, I think in the East, it would be the Columbus and Tampa series just because of everything from last year. Um and, you know, I, just, I watched a lot of that Toronto-Columbus series, so kind of knowing their team a bit more and having rooted for them, uh, considering my bias towards the Bruins and therefore against the Maple Leafs. Um, and then in the West, actually, all <laughs> it's hard for me to pick one because all of them seem like really interesting matchups. I don't think I'll be paying much attention to St. Louis and Vancouver, to be honest. But uh, the... Uh, Who's Chicago playing? The Avalanche, right? The, Vegas. They're playing. Uh, oh, Vegas, Vegas right? Yeah. Who's that? Who are the Avs got? The uh, Yotes. The Coyotes. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think that uh, Chicago series would be probably my the one I'll play uh, pay closest attention to in the West. Yeah, I mean, I have Calgary and Dallas, even though they're ranked like last for like most exciting to watch or anything like that. But for professional reasons, I will be tuning in. Um, I'm also looking forward to the Avalanche and Coyotes. And I I mean, really every series besides the Blues and Canucks, to be honest. Yeah, yeah so I'm going to disagree with uh, with Drew here. Oh, fuck you. I don't have that much interest in the, in the Vegas-Chicago series. Just, I guess the only interesting thing to me is Robin Leonard uh, playing against his old team, but that's a team he only played for for like half a season so uh <laughs> it's not really like a revenge game or anything a revenge series um uh in the east yeah i agree with the the Tam- tampa columbus uh series i think just inherently interesting just based on what happened last year so and yeah i think columbus is i talk shit about columbus on on this podcast just because I didn't think they were that good, but also I admit I didn't really watch a lot of Columbus this year because they're mm-hmm. not a team I go out of yeah. my way to watch. And just realizing that players like Pierre-Luc Dubois had just such big gains over the course of a year 
um, and, and a lot of their other younger players. And even though Cam Atkinson didn't have a great season, he's still like a good player. Right. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, incredible goaltending out of that tandem that came in and just immediately replaced Bob. Uh, so I guess I didn't give that enough credit. And I mean, it's tough to replace a guy like Artemi Panarin who immediately goes away and contends for the Hart Trophy. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, they have one of the best defensive pairings in the league uh, with Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski, who I hope will someday lead Team USA to a an Olympic gold. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think that's kind of the the one that I'm watching because that that Lightning team's fucking incredible and also just always fun to watch. So that's that's my big series. Yeah, I completely forgot that Philly and Montreal are going head-to-head, too. And I think that one, that's going to be a physical series. Yeah. Especially, like, goaltending. I think that'll be fun. Yeah, I think it's really going to be up to Carey Price for this entire mm-hmm. Montreal run, if they are to have a run. Because yeah. they're not a very deep team. No. Very, I don't know. They, <laughs> it's really up to Price. <laughs> and Price really showed himself in the in the Pittsburgh series, the qualifying series. So I think it's really down to him. In terms of Montreal's I think, chances, I think Philly's one of the only teams that really showed up for the the round robin, and and they looked really good. Not necessarily against the Bruins, they they looked good in in like, hey, we sniped a few goals on breaks that you gave up, but uh, they looked pretty good in the in the later games. So yeah, earned that earned that one seed, and I honestly think they're gonna roll over Montreal. But I mean, that'll be fun to watch. Be entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, but I'm most interested in the Bruins uh, <laughs> yeah. playing the Hurricanes. I, I also think, just like, you know, bias aside, just as a hockey fan, I think the Bruins-Hurricanes series will get some special attention just because it's a rematch from last year as well. And the high and mighty Bruins kind of coming on a somewhat of a cold streak in, uh, in the round robin and the Hurricanes just demolishing the Rangers. Um, I think sets it up great for a rematch from last year for a lot of hockey fans. Not for Bruins fans. We're a little scared. but uh, yeah. Yeah. I honestly don't even remember that series at all. It was so quick. <laughs> like yeah. I just, I, After game two, I think I just checked out mentally. Like, there's no way that the Bruins are losing this series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I don't really remember what happened after that series. I think, like, hockey just stopped. Yeah, like, There was recall. another pause. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was practice for this hiatus right <laughs> yeah those were those were all round robin games <laughs> <laughs> i think it's kind of funny that the two teams that went to the stanley cup finals last year yes <laughs> played like got the fourth seed and they like, ended as the first seed <laughs> during the pause yeah, too like, like wow all right uh, you know, it really I, does illustrate that it's like a totally different season right now Mm -hmm. like the same rosters basically but like i love the chaos i love it i'm here for it even though it's probably going to end in the bruins not advancing anywhere but (laughs) it's fine yeah hockey's back that's all that matters in the do we want to do uh stanley cup picks i like i've i've i always kind of rail against these because like they're people who get it right or didn't get it right for like any good reason but it's fun <laughs> so like i'm not gonna rail against fun yeah what's your pick 
My pick yeah. is the Vegas Golden Knights mm-hmm. because it's all coin flips and who better to gamble on than the team from Vegas. Ooh. Yeah, that's a... Uh... Yeah, I mean, out of all of these teams, I would say Vegas. I think we could have a Vegas and uh, Washington rematch. Mm. I really don't want to cool. see the Caps really do anything, but I mean, <laughs> I think that would be fun, and it would be good hockey, and that's all we can uh, hope for in these unprecedented times. <laughs> I think, yeah, the Golden Knights or the Avs. I kind of think the mm. Avalanche. Kind of think they have what it takes. I also like if it, it, it all the teams out of the East. If the Bruins don't want it, I want it to be the Blue Jackets. Um, yeah, that'd be. The yeah, I, I actually be upset about that. It was like, oh, I don't know, maybe like two years ago. My my dad was in Vegas and he texted me as the all knowledgeable hockey person that I am. You know, um, <laughs> and he's like, okay, who should I like bet on? I'm just gonna like you know throw some money at this just shot in the dark who's gonna win the cup it was before the season it was over the summers it was during the off season um and i i told them the blue jackets because they weren't a favorite so you know if you bet on them and they do wind up winning the odds you'll win more but i was like you know what they're kind of built for a chance i think it was like 2018 going into the uh 2017 2018 season i was like they're they're kind of built for i don't even know if they made the playoffs that year maybe they had a first round exit but um, I don't even remember. I, I do. I hope I hope they... If if the Bruins can't, I hope they can. I just yeah, feel like I mean, that's not... Sorry, like a, Sorry. <laughs> that's, like, not a hockey market. I don't know. It surprises me. Like, out of all... Um, I mean, besides Tampa, because we all know Florida is not for hockey. <laughs> but that's a totally different topic. Uh, I, I don't hate the idea of Columbus winning. I think it would do great things for, you know, a smaller market team. Yeah. Yeah. I think with Florida, really they are their Their hockey market is all the retired people that go to see yeah. their original home team at away games. If <laughs> <Yep. laughs> look at the crowd, I, I'm trying to remember, like, I think it was the 2018 season um, when the Bruins were playing the Panthers and there were more people in my math class earlier that day than in the seats. And it was slightly concerning. I was like, oh, how yeah. do they, you know, how do they make money? Do they make money? Yeah, I really want to go because they'll always do, at least once a season, they have the Bruins play the Panthers mm-hmm. and then Tampa, like within three days. So, uh, and I know there's a lot of Bruins fans that will go down there. And I'm sure they do that with plenty of other teams, too, because it's. Oh yeah, people head yeah. to Florida for Southern a California, week or something and see two games. Southern California is a huge yeah. Like everyone commutes to either Anaheim or LA, and and I've been to both stadiums multiple times to yeah. see the Bruins flex. Flags. Hey, well, <laughs> I only get to see the Bruins like once okay, a year. So true. <laughs> I've only seen two Bruins away games. One was against the Islanders um, in Brooklyn. That was a couple years ago. And then uh, I also saw the Winter Classic at Notre, Notre Dame. So <laughs> two decent away go, games to be at. I was going to go to the Winter Classic where we got spanked by the Habs by myself because none of my friends at the time were into hockey. But um, my birthday is two days before New Year's Day. 
So instead of taking New Year's Day off, I took my birthday and the day after because, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we don't condone underage drinking, but, um, you know, <laughs> whatever. It's fine. And um, I watched the winter classic at work. And there was a guy who came in with a Habs jersey on. And I was like, this guy's a clown. Like, you're in Massachusetts. What are you doing? And then, you know, I was the clown. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was there, unfortunately. And, oh. Well, fortunately, it's a cool place to be. It was unfortunate, the result. but um, I missed the first half of that game because I had to pick up a friend from the bus station. And it is one of the least regrettable misses of yeah. my lifetime <laughs> i think the bruins missed a big chunk of that game too yeah to i think we're still waiting for them to show up <laughs> has anybody told them <laughs> i'm trying to th- oh the 2010 winter classic i slept through the second um and third period because i was i don't even remember i think like 15 yeah and I was, I stayed up too late, obviously, the night before. And I was like, uh, it's just a game. <laughs> I'm just going to go to bed. <laughs> it's fine. But, I don't know, that one would have been fun to go to. Really, yeah, any of my, them. My father actually got tickets to that. I forget exactly how it happened, but, like, one of his friends had, like, monster seats. And oh you're apparently, you know, you're not supposed to do this, but you can uh, you sneak can. switching the tickets. And get some people up there for a bit of it. So I forget. I, I don't know if my dad was up there the whole game or something. But he did see OT from up there. I know that. So That's um, crazy. Probably the best view in the house for that. Um, a family friend here has season tickets to the Habs. <laughs> like, my commute from Boston, like where I used to live, is the same that it is from here to Montreal. So it's kind mm-hmm. of funny. But it's also like that's a whole nother country. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I'm just going to go across the border to watch a hockey game. But I'm hoping that, you know, when everything returns to normal and if we play hockey in our respective arenas, I get to go to the Bell Center. And apparently there's some really good pubs by yeah. there. So I'm just going to enjoy some Canadian <laughs> brews and um, hopefully watch the Bruins win. <laughs> some brews and Bruins. Exactly. <laughs> oh, what what else, Chris, is on your list that I gave you? Uh, <laughs> my list that you gave me. Um, man, it went away. Here it is. All right. Who the fuck knows what else? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> we didn't get any listener questions. That made me sad. No, yeah, that's that's upsetting. I posted uh, it on Instagram, too. <laughs> <laughs> to the 36 people who follow us on Instagram that also follow us on Twitter, so I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> to, to be honest, it might be, like, our normal lack of interest compounded by a complete lack of interest in... <laughs> current Bruins hockey just because of how much of a lack of interest they showed in playing hockey yeah yeah I'm, I'm gonna blame it on that so not not our no I, th- I just don't think anyone wants to be associated with our podcast it's kind of unprofessional <laughs> the, so. I, I appreciate Jess <laughs> yeah uh, sacrificing her, her career and ambitions 
when Chris messaged me, I was like, let's go. It's finally happening. Like, I'm finally <laughs> on a podcast. Somebody wants to hear my shitty takes. Let's go. But. Well, this uh, is your platform. Yeah. <laughs> shitty takes. I just, I, um, I, I'm very happy that you guys had me on and just like, Chris, you supported the Jess cast literally from the jump. And I uh, appreciate- Formerly Hot Takes with Jess and Jess. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh man, that podcast went through some trying times. We were gonna revive it in January because we watched um, the Aaron Hernandez documentary on Netflix, and we were like, "Let's talk about that and bring the show back into full gear." And then I had a family emergency, and then we were like, "We're done. We're done with this podcast." <laughs> and then we st- both started writing for Couch Guy Sports, and they had all like red Sox, patriots celtics and college sports covered but no one there is like a hockey person and all of my articles for them are hockey related so i was finally like okay i'm gonna create a slideshow at two o'clock in the morning because i can't sleep and this is my pitch as to why i need a podcast on your network (laughs) and it worked Way to go. Oh, yeah, I mean, thanks. <laughs> uh, I do have some uh, unfolding Bruins news to talk about. Not new, oh. news. News is the wrong word. Uh, I was in a Twitter exchange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So uh, I'll shout out Dylan Smith here. Um, we follow each other. I guess that's how I saw this. Uh, he mm-hmm. writes for BelieveInBostonSports.com. Uh, he was responding to a tweet from Bruins Network, uh, and he was saying, in his opinion, well, I'll, I'll just read it. Time for Krejci to go after the season, in my opinion. Coyle is the equals C2, as in the second center. Corrali, Stundica, Frederick, and can all fight for the other two spots. Wagner, too. And my opinion, I basically said, it. I think you got to give Krejci until the end of his contract, at least. Coyle is worthy of this uh, second center position. But having that triple threat down the middle is amazing. Plus, Krejci has held down the second line for almost a decade while only being tossed rentals. Super undervalued. And then, like, two other people jumped in. I don't know. One of, one of, the, one of the names is Rask uh, Derangement Syndrome. <laughs> and the other one is Dono. Dono follows me. What, does Rask uh, Derangement Syndrome? Nope. Nope. He doesn't. So. so I think I think Rask derangement syndrome comes from uh, Jameis Winston. Uh, I think <laughs> I think there was like a Jameis Winston thing where. Uh, so I think that's like a positive, uh, like for Tuka Rask, because uh, there there was this guy who wrote a book called the uh, Jameis One of One, like how a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, <laughs> Like something about how like he should be a Hall of Fame quarterback and Jameis derangement syndrome is preventing people from appreciating him. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, con- uh, consider me uh, somebody who has uh, Rask derangement syndrome. <laughs> um. Well, actually, no. It's the opposite. So I think he, I think oh, he's no. I think he's Fort Rask. Uh, but it's <laughs> his bio is first. Uh, you know, Rask derangement syndrome. First observed on Felger and Maz and Joe Hags. RDS is a contagious oh. <laughs> disorder which manifests itself in constant cries of, bleh, Rask sucks. 
<laughs> impervious to facts. Oh my god, I love it. I've heard uh, that used fantastic. in like politics talk, and I'm like, okay, like it's funny, but n- now that there's like somebody who who like created a Tuka account for it, it's even better. <laughs> yeah, so I pr- I probably like just never heard of it, and so the first I heard of it was the Jameis Winston. One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this other guy, a... uh, Dono, and him like. Uh, rds i'll say uh responded to me he said i have to respectfully disagree and went on with his point and then dano came in and was kind of supporting krejci and they both had a back and forth so throughout throughout the podcast i just keep getting alerts i'm like what's going on and i just realized there's like a mini <laughs> a mini twitter fight that i am linked to <laughs> um but yeah couldn't be us Nope, couldn't be us. Never. We've never engaged in anything like that, have we? I, I'm the queen of Twitter arguments, and <laughs> I, my last tweet on my Twitter account before I was suspended was a screenshot of Zach Boychuk's rainbow macaroni and cheese, and I was like, he really Oof. thought he was doing something. <laughs> like, he really, like, he just, like, cured all of the issues in the world by creating this unseasoned food dyed coloring <laughs> rainbow mac and cheese <laughs> like and it's on my timeline at like midnight i'm like i'm i'm done i'm done <laughs> so part of me really hopes that he got like a bunch of those boxes of like tri-colored yes like the little rotini or whatever oh. and just separated them into <laughs> <laughs> rather than actually dying that would be hysterical I just, and then I saw, okay, so my whole gripe with Zach Boychuk is, like, first of all, when I first joined Twitter, I wasn't even part of hockey Twitter, and this random man followed me, and I was like, oh, just a hockey you. player, and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, wait, like, looking at his ratio, and I was like, hmm. Oh, he follows seem... 80,000 people. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm not special. And then, like, I would go through his tweets, and I'm like, this man is, like, kind of out there. So maybe I just don't follow him. And then, like, as I progressively got into hockey Twitter, I was like, okay, everybody doesn't like him. It makes sense. (laughs) I'm not alone, and I'm not crazy, and I'm not super judgmental. (laughs) But, I mean, I am judgmental, but that's fine. I've never followed him, and he has unfollowed me and refollowed me at least eight times. Yeah. Yep. I think I followed him once and then I like saw what it was all about and I unfollowed him. Like maybe like once or twice a year I'll get a follow from him. I'm like, oh yeah, he exists. Hope he's doing well. Yeah, I should I should probably mention I I meant to mention this off the top because, you know, I kinda want guests to come our on our podcast again without feeling like they're just gonna be immediately disrespected. But the reason why I called Jess Jess Butthead Belmosto uh, was because she got called a butthead on yeah. Twitter yesterday. I got into a nice Twitter argument after unbiased national baseball reporter Jared Carabas um, decided to go after one of my friends because she all she said was like, why does this man have a voice in sports? Like, He's not very good. Like, he did, like, she didn't at him. She didn't spell out his name. Like, she used asterisks because we all know how insane people can be on Twitter when they're just searching people's names. Stoolies. Stoolies. Like, I'm sorry. Like, whatever. (laughs) And he screenshotted her account and, like, mocked her bio. 
And then he tweeted something, and I was like, dude, like, you're a public figure, like, grow up. And he was like, so I'm just not supposed to respond to criticism. And I was like, dude, like, people tell me that I write for shit. And I'm like, thank you. I'm fully aware. That's why I keep doing it. <laughs> like, thank you. But I... Yeah, I, I did read through the exchange last night, and it was a pretty good one. And I just, like, stopped responding because I was like, this dude is, like, ridiculous. And he was like, you're standing up for your friend. Like, uh, she, so she thinks that she's, like, um, oh, my God, I can't think of the word. Like, she's not... Um, gonna take criticism after releasing her opinion and i was like dude i feel like if i go through your twitter you're gonna like talk shit about a bunch of women and like that's literally what she did she talked shit about a guy okay like Mm. we all i i don't know how many times i've tweeted pierre mcguire sucks (laughs) i i tweeted pierre mcguire sucks so many times that i had to take a hiatus so (laughs) right so it's like what is the difference and like all she did was give her opinion and honestly yeah jared sorry bud you kind of (laughs) suck on multiple levels but like take some really thin skin to have to like fire back at everybody who like a 19 year old like harry styles and patrice bergeron stan like don't you have something better to do with your life But my favorite, my favorite, uh, not not actual favorite, because it's like super shitty that like dudes on the internet are like this. But mm-hmm. one of the replies to her tweet was, "She's an uggo," and <laughs> her picture is literally a picture of Haley Williams yes. from Paramore. Okay. <laughs> I, like, and she like I she actually created. I found her. I think it was either earlier this season, or. This past off season, she made an incredible. Um, she painted like um, Birdie on the back of a jean jacket with like his picture, and I was like, "How much can I pay you for this?" I was gonna like, say, "Can I buy it?" Right, and I was like, "Dude, like, start making commissions, like, start doing something because, holy smokes, like, you're so talented." And I was messaging her. And I was like, please don't, like, take anything these weird men say seriously because I guarantee you they're, like, still virgins and (laughs) probably live at home. And they think if they simp hard enough for Jared, like, he'll, like, welcome them into his life. And (laughs) funny story, he, Jared actually texted one of my friends and was like, oh, so you're, like, liking hate tweets about me now? And she was like, Jesus, she was like, yeah actually i am <laughs> it was just like the fra- the like the fragility of it's, some people it's is, real <laughs> it's there yeah. i yeah. uh i hope uh we've done enough social justice worrying warrioring <laughs> on this podcast in the past that like the type of people who need to be told this are no longer listeners but hey dudes stop being fucking weird and creepy on the internet <laughs> or in general literally yeah, just I mean... in general and like well, to, to be fair that a lot of the people who are weird and creepy on the internet <laughs> don't also do. talk to people in real life so. it's just like it's funny because people will be like oh like you know like do you get like weird dms and now that like i'm so like public about my relationship it's stopped but for like when like before i started dating bradley i would get the weirdest dms guys would be like 
can you send me like a picture of you like walking across something i'm like yeah for five thousand dollars like <laughs> what that's so wildly specific <laughs> i just like i don't get it or they'd be like oh go back to the kitchen where you belong and like a bunch of my friends would be like we've seen her in the kitchen she doesn't belong there, so maybe it's for the best. She's on Twitter. But, like, I do feel bad for, like, really anybody that receives, like, super harsh, like, unwarranted criticism. But, like, at the same time, like, if you suck, you suck. Like, sorry. <laughs> that's that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like having a podcast that's about, like, hockey and beer yeah. kind of gives off a, a very, like male vibe i don't know like <laughs> like macho and, and I, man yeah i was worried that we were going to attract the wrong type of listeners yeah. but it kind of seems like our our twitter circle is yeah i don't know at least to me which isn't doesn't really mean anything but i hope everyone who listens to this podcast is just nice to people in general on on twitter yeah. and in real life um <laughs> yeah that's kind of the community we're trying to foster here yeah I get that. And then, like, I've followed, like, both of you for such a long time, RIP to my OG Twitter account. But, like, <laughs> I feel like hockey Twitter, like, specifically Bruins Twitter, has, like, a good side. And, like, we're all part of that circle. And we all kind of, like, encourage each other and share each other's works. And then there's, like, Bruins Twitter that doesn't have, like, avatars, their real names, anything. Like, just yeah. fully, like, anonymous. And they're nuts that's what i assume all of patriots twitter is don't even get me started on patriots twitter (laughs) (laughs) uh there i'm in a group chat with a bunch of like patriots fans who are women and like i don't really care about football like it's i just never really got into it and we talk about how awful two specific people are on like like the kings of patriots twitter and i'm like if you ever argue with them, it's just a bunch of, like, well, not even Tom Brady anymore, but, like, Jared Stidham, like, avatars, like, in your mentions, just, like, all the way down. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm all set. Like, please. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> yeah, oh. Twitter. Man, yeah, I was talking to a couple of friends about just Twitter and whether it should exist or not. And I think i i fall in the like yeah it probably does more good than harm (laughs) just because it's it's useful for organizing it's useful for uh you know meeting people and networking yeah definitely Uh, i I know like we i I probably would have never started writing about hockey if it wasn't for twitter so yep like thanks for that and i I wouldn't have met you fine people if it weren't for twitter so Mm -hmm. I, i guess like we've never actually met in person but <laughs> well uh, you don't know that chris but yeah, yeah drew's actually kidnapped me before yeah. so <laughs> i don't even know how that started <laughs> that was I, honestly i think I, I think it was while you were in I, like texas or something yeah i think there was a reference to it and then i i made uh i had an email right. that i sent to cam that <laughs> insinuated that it was actually you writing the email and not me yeah that's crazy i think twitter is like really good because (laughs) it's is equally bad as it is good because obviously like you have just 
horrible, horrible people on Twitter. But then you have the side of Twitter that um, I was watching a YouTube video last week about these K-pop stands that raised like a million dollars for chair for like UNICEF and um, another charity, and they donated all this too, and um, like that's super cool. And I'm definitely here for, like, activism and donations and, like, yes, please, like, do good with your time on the internet because if you don't, you end up on hockey Twitter and yeah. <laughs> you just become a depressed hockey fan. But I remember I started um, writing about hockey because I was so upset about the Penguins, like, accepting Trump's invite the weekend that he was, like, tearing basketball players apart right. and I was and um, football players and I was like this is my time like I'm going in and I was like oh my god hockey twitter is going to tear me apart because it's so like it's such an awful dark scary place and now I'm like honestly bring it on like I'll <laughs> click my click my work so I can pay my rent please but <laughs> nothing pays my rent honestly just my retail job <laughs> but but <laughs> it's just it's a fun it is a fun community. Like, I know you guys through it. I met my freaking boyfriend through it. I made so many amazing friends. But then you also get those bums. And you're just like, why? Like, who let you have the internet? <laughs> who allowed internet to be installed in your home? But Yeah, I, uh, I have two separate twitters and i haven't used the other one in a really long time but i i started twitter in in college and it was just like secondary facebook where i was just like following my friends and making jokes and stuff um and then when i started uh writing a little bit i wanted to get like a sports twitter and so i i tried really hard to uh keep like political things and uh, anything outside of sports separate from, from that account. And I was muting a lot of words and making sure I w and things weren't showing up on my timeline. And then at a certain point, it just became very obvious to me that like <laughs> so, politics and sports are forever intertwined. Like you can't separate them. Yeah. Um, and if, and if you're separating things like, uh, like the black lives matter movement from sports, you're, being part of the problem yeah that is white privilege and mm -hmm. yeah I, I didn't want to be part of that anymore and i think one thing just from my experience on twitter from like the last year or so of just making sure that i'm following uh more voices that are different than mine mm -hmm. um yeah it has has really helped with uh just learning stuff and i mean the more different voices you have, the more uh, diversified your yeah. opinions become just because you're hearing things that you don't hear on an everyday basis. And I think that's a huge benefit of Twitter is, is getting a lot of different opinions that you don't necessarily hear from, especially now when I don't talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's been hugely beneficial to me, I think, um, to, to be able to, I don't know, grow as a person. Definitely. And I think, like, you said just having all these different voices. And it can create conversation that's very, um, I don't want to say challenging, but it just, I guess, yeah, challenging is the right word. But it, it makes you think. It's not just, like, 
sure, like, I can spew off a tweet that says, like, SpaghettiOs are good, but then my next tweet's gonna say, arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. Like, (laughs) and people are gonna, you know, really educate you on things maybe you aren't familiar with. Like, I hadn't, like, there um, was a certain New York Times article that won, like, a Pulitzer Prize or whatever, and I had no idea how, like, problematic it was, and then I started reading, and I was like, can't just like change history (laughs) and like i don't want to get political on the podcast but also like don't vote for donald trump okay (laughs) Um, oh we 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 get political enough on here i just like needed to make that very clear voting for donald trump good yeah i think we Um, stayed like unpolitical (laughs) for the first like couple weeks and then we were like all right so this shit's happening and we need to talk about it we had a literal full Black Lives Matter episode. Yeah, um, good. And I think that's so important because it's like you can have these big influencers that have like millions of millions of followers post a black square on Instagram. And that, what does that do? But you need to have a conversation. You need to be able to sit down like we're doing right now, like how we talk about hockey and we talk about the round robin and things like that but you need to be able to like talk about why police brutality is an issue and why like like this is completely like off topic but i was watching hawaii 50 before this and i was like there's like loki so much police brutality in this show that like mm-hmm. i never realized was like police brutality yeah. it's like oh it's, yeah. it's hollywood but it's like no there are definitely cops that do that and i don't know it just it makes you think yeah, I think, I think it's good. I, I think social yeah. media is a good place to like start the conversation mm-hmm. with all that, but I don't think anything gets done unless it's in a, another type of forum, like actually speaking, Definitely. or even like different forms of social media. Because like, I don't know, if you're posting it, like if you're having an argument or a discussion about something about anything, I we see it a mm-hmm. lot for the Bruins specifically, where two people, like, like I just talked about, with two people arguing their points about uh, David Krejci, <laughs> like. You're limited to a certain amount of characters. You're talking publicly, so there's a little, like, difference in mind and what you really want to say and stuff. And, like, I think you need to have those, not necessarily privately, but if you're going to have them on social media, usually, like, a chat or something is better. You guys, you like, both people kind of have the freedom to give long spews and examples of information they want to give and but really the best place is person in person yeah uh where it's more likely that you're gonna have a level-headed discussion instead of a shouting match over twitter and even like through text like even if you're like hey like let's take this off twitter and like text each other yeah like facetime me if you have this much of an issue with what i'm saying or doing communication is so important to me like i cannot distinguish tone over text to save my life and i would rather have like an important conversation face to face yeah yeah that's i don't know that's just me like there have been times where like my friends are like you know like it really bothers me that like you don't put out content for this site as much as like you focus on this one i'm like okay well like how are we gonna like talk about this over text when you can facetime and i can tell you things like like actually speaking is a lot easier than typing is what i'm trying to say but and i feel like it takes a it takes a lot longer to get something you want to say across via 
via text. Yeah, but, like, yeah. I'm not going to write a senior thesis explaining my opinion to you. <laughs> like, yeah. I went to college for that, please. <laughs> Especially when I didn't even want to write a senior thesis in right. college in the first place. Yeah. Right, like, it was a requirement. <laughs> but, like, I feel like, and it's, I don't, I don't know, I don't like having, like, okay, this is, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. I'm cool with having different opinions and we can agree to disagree. Like, you might not like Angry Orchards. That's fine. But you can't tell me, like, oh, uh, black people don't deserve this. What? Why? Like, that's the end. that is the end of the conversation. And that is the end of our friendship. That is the end of everything. And, like, I shared a picture of... Um, Tyler Sagan kneeling during the anthem. And I was like on Facebook because I knew. I knew. <laughs> so I, I love doing that, especially like with some of my family members. I'm like, oh, let's just stir that pot some more. <laughs> but like my mom's friend who I met once who did my senior pictures messaged me. And he was like, what inequalities do um, black people face? Like you post about it all the time. And I was like, dude, like I literally am like two days removed from a concussion. Can we... Um, and it's 11 o'clock at night. Can we maybe, like, not have this topic right now? And he starts sending me, like, all these YouTube links. And I'm like, okay. And then he was like, well, white people are killed more by cops. And I was like, then shouldn't you be angry too? Like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't understand, like, what you're trying to defend here. I don't understand. And, like, I called my mom after. Or I texted her. And then she called me the next morning. She was like, yeah, he, like, got Fired from his last job for being like really like racially insensitive, and I was like, "Oh, good, he's a nurse. Good, good." <laughs> yeah. And All then that way. opens up a whole that, other issue. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I I don't know. People are just um, you know, I can agree to disagree on iced coffee flavors. You yeah. might like Starbucks over Dunkin', but we're not gonna. <laughs> that's that's probably like where I draw the line is that uh, human rights issues. Yeah, there's a huge difference between uh, somebody who's coming to you looking for legitimate, like, education and someone who's just looking to argue their point that a a literal entire group of people deserve fewer rights because of their skin color, so. Right. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I just don't get it. And especially for me, like, when it comes to, like, like, women's rights, like, reproductive rights, I'm like, okay. Yeah, like, maybe men shouldn't be deciding those. Yeah. Like, maybe. And also, like, I'm so here for everybody having their own opinion. And, like, but also, like, understand where people are coming from. Because, yeah. like, sure, you might be this, like, personally for you. But what about the bigger picture and the most vulnerable people? That's, like, what I think, like, opened up my, um, my God. Like, my worldview was, like, you know... I grew up in a really Republican town. Like, I used to watch Fox News all the time as, like, as a kid. Yeah. And, but, like, as soon as I started being able to, you know, have access to the internet regularly and have my own social media accounts and talking to people who have their own opinion and things like that, it's like, you, you can vote for yourself, but also when you're going to check off someone's name, think of the most vulnerable person you know when you're voting. Or when you're Mm -hmm. doing anything, really. And, like, how, like, yes, it might benefit you, but how is this going to affect 
somebody else. And now that I'm working with like low income students, it's scary because it's like I did not have these struggles growing up. I did like at four or five, like no. <laughs> at 24, 25, yeah, sure. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It just it it baffles me that people can't have compassion and empathy. Yeah, the that's spot on there. Yeah. It's empathy is a lost yeah. thing. Like I tweeted earlier today, I was like, oh, let me find it. I was like, uh, oh, empathy and two-way conversations are a foreign concept to, to so many. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Ugh. empathy is kind of how uh, <laughs> totally different issue, but COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, wearing a mask, that's all about empathy. Like, hey, wear your mask so other people don't get sick. And yeah. maybe it was dumb to uh, promote it that way because <laughs> we know that Americans only yeah. care about themselves. So maybe if you put out some propaganda that wearing a mask Honestly, saves you. like Uncle yeah. Sam wants you to wear a mask or like something that's yeah. like worked for like war recruiting. Um, I do appreciate the so I, I work for the military mm -hmm. and I do appreciate that like all of our guidance is very mm -hmm. much like hey y'all need to be wearing masks and, like this isn't an option mm -hmm. I like that I am definitely like appreciative of that and I also don't understand how or when this virus turned political yeah uh, it's because <laughs> everything's political I was like like somebody like this kid that i grew up with like was best friends in second third and fourth grade and then i moved so like we obviously like in fifth grade you don't like have a cell phone or anything now you probably do but yeah <laughs> um he was like sharing things about like being anti-mask and he would like hashtag it like trump 2020 maga and i was like can you just wear a mask when you go to the grocery store for 20 minutes please like i'm begging you to wear a mask like you can put fucking maga on your mask <laughs> right? if you want if you the want to make it political trump supporters that i see that come into my store with like a trump 2020 mask keep america great like sure like do your thing like my mask literally has like flowers on it but if you want to express your political like party with that like your affiliation go ahead i don't care yeah. as long as you're wearing one at this point unless <laughs> you're not killing people yeah like <laughs> Like, as long as, like, my old coworker, my old lady at the register isn't going to end up on a ventilator because of you, I'm fine. But I love how this podcast went from the draft lottery to wear your <laughs> goddamn masks. So usually this goes. is pretty much how last episode went, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's people are just they blow my mind every time. Like, as soon as I think it can't get worse. Okay, it's I think that's a, this year in a nutshell. <laughs> Hon yeah. yeah. Honestly, the first six weeks of this year were, like, horrendous for me. And then I was like, okay, like, we're good. Like, we're going to rally. Like, it's going to be good. We're going to make the best of the worst situation. And then a pandemic happened. I was like, <laughs> okay, well. I <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> Call me the circus. <laughs> oh, my God. I just feel like every month it's been like some sort of like staple like what's been you know each month sort of has its own like main headline that's even can't, can't wait for the bubonic plague to honestly be the next one. Yeah. bring it on bring it on <laughs> like 
whatever it takes at this point. Like, if I feel like if we can survive, like, a however long quarantine it's been, self-isolating sort of thing, like, <laughs> we can survive anything. Um, I, yeah, I've, I I've been doing a lot of this. Yeah. Uh, not, not just podcasting, but, like, video yep. chatting with people, and that's... Uh, that's it's, it's not that bad. No, I like it because like I can be like, oh my god, like I gotta go, I gotta go make dinner, and then twenty minutes later after my dinner is ready, I'm like, okay guys, like what's up? And like one time I was back home in Massachusetts, and my friend and I like wanted to hang out. It was my first time back in months since I'd moved away, and we both just like got shit faced on Zoom. We were like, yeah, <laughs> you know, we used to go out to bars. Get ten dollar uh, pitcher and a pizza, get like three of those, and then call it a night. Now we're just drunk <laughs> on Zoom together <laughs> in our own homes. So I, I should be in Vermont right now on oh Lake my... Champlain with <gasps> right across my the buddies. lake from me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my my dad and my uncle, starting from when I was like eight years old. I would I would go on like a fishing trip with them on Lake Champlain and then around the age of 12 my buddy Matt started joining us Ooh. and ever since then like every year and it, and over the years it morphed from like a fishing trip to like a we're all going to hang out in a cabin and just get super wasted um but then like a couple other friends started coming on I love and, that. and now it's like like my best friend group of like five people and we all we're missing this one but we uh we all video chatted and and got pretty drunk on friday um, but uh same same group of friends yeah. that i that i play monopoly with uh, oh, virtually yeah. on fridays usually so that's so cool yeah i think tomorrow night uh, a bunch of the well actually the entire boston pucker up chapter is doing um like a watch party mm for the game that's cool that'd be cool because we were yeah. like we need to socialize like <laughs> i feel so bad because um i don't know if you guys know chanel but she hasn't left her apartment since um march like since she returned from school really and, yeah. yeah i can understand that yeah, yeah. and she's like it's... i, I want to leave i i want to do that but i can't leave until i'm vaccinated and i was like i don't blame you like i yeah. think you can't yeah it's a health issue but Luckily, keep it, keep it on the low, but we're planning on having her on the podcast yes. as well. <laughs> oh, I love her. She's she's so incredible. Like I, this is so embarrassing, but I was like super drunk like one night earlier in the season, and I was I DM'd her. I was like, "You trying to come on to like pucker up ruins and like you know be our social girl?" And she was like, "I love you guys so much." And I was like, "All right." And I was like, "Come on, let's go." She didn't think I was serious. I was like, "No, <laughs> come on," but. She's a doll. No, her, her, her new podcast, uh, we'll plug that as well. Yes. See more than sports. Uh, also, really good. Um, yeah, if, if you're digging this second half of the conversation <laughs> that we're having, go listen to her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's great. She's great on Twitter. Um, yeah, uh, we're yeah. we're for sure gonna ask her if she would like to join us on this podcast. <laughs> she definitely will because she is somebody who just loves to talk. Like, I will, like, she'll call me. She'll be like, I need to talk to you about something. Like, a very, like, specific issue. And then, like, two hours later, we've run down, like, 
amendments to add to the constitution and it's it's just amazing (laughs) and she is so smart and so she educates you in a way that isn't condescending which i think a lot of people need to learn um but she's very wonderful and just one of my favorite people to talk to and she uh i'm a native of amherst massachusetts so uh, we we have that that to talk about she's a a umass student i yeah she uh i give her so much respect because honestly i couldn't even like go to that school i looked at it and i was like this campus is like a whole city oh you wonder why i didn't go there yeah like i'm all set and i remember because i went to a community college for two years because I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I did not have the grades to get into a four-year school off the bat. I feel like more people should do that. It's like the best decision ever because my brother didn't do that. And he's like $60,000 in debt. And I'm $11,000 in debt. So, you know, community Scoreboard. college is... Yeah, like community <laughs> college is not bad. You get the same education, the same... Like your first two years are the same. And... I remember I was talking to the UMass Amherst lady and she like did not want anything to do with me and I was like I'm literally just trying to find out about your journalism program but since you want to be (laughs) rude I'll just I'll hop on down to Emerson and see like what they're offering me could never pay for Emerson but (laughs) (laughs) we can just it's like a car dealership oh well this place offered me like 35,000 I wish you could negotiate tuition like that. <laughs> that would be something. But probably should, yeah. Right, especially with like remote learning. Like some people are doing fully remote, and other people are like, "Yeah, no, like I'm just I'm just going to, go to campus." Harvard just raised tuition. BU did <laughs> and too. Doing fully remote. <laughs> yeah, like one of my friends from work just got into BU's like grad program. She's like, "Yeah, no, like they're raising tuition, even though like." We can only go to campus like two days a week. She's and I was like, "How do you raise it more than seventy two thousand dollars a year? Like, what do you like? What do you do?" I just, oh my god, I can't. And there's nothing wrong with state schools. I think a lot of people have been like deterred from them to be like, "Ew, like they're cheap and they're like equivalent to a community college degree." But if I have to pay like forty thousand dollars less. I will gladly take that state school degree. It's the same yeah, education. I'm, sh- I'm sure. I'm sure. Like if you're going to, like if you're applying for a job and someone sees like, oh, Harvard versus like some state school, yeah. maybe like that'll help you. But no one cares no. where you went to college for the most part, as long as like you got good grades or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think experience is probably more important than grades too so i have a lot of like no they're all like my mom's friends they're not my friends but they've hired people and they've never hired somebody based off of where they went to college it's all about like what's on their resume and how they perform in an interview like it's not (laughs) it's your the name on your degree means nothing unless you're like a finance person or something i feel like but that's not me so 
<laughs> I, I am also not a finance yeah, person. Drew, no. are you a finance person? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no. Donald Trump, if you're listening to this, please give me another stimulus check, speaking of finances. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, please, I am begging. But Yeah, yeah. Uh, $1,200, uh, that'll last you a year. Yeah, you know, if I spend $100 a month, you know, maybe I'll just, like, start eating things from, like, the dollar store, strictly. <laughs> <laughs> a crumb a day. Rent? Yeah, ramen's not good for you, but... No. Uh, I love it, though. There's plenty of things <laughs> that aren't good for you. But, oh my god. I just, like, I don't understand how Canadians got, like, $2,000 a month or whatever it was. And we're just vibing here with one stimulus check. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm super fortunate that I still have my job. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people are either on reduced hours or not being able to work at all. Yeah, yeah my hours were slashed. So when I, when this whole thing started, I took a leave of absence for my health because I was like, um, I don't know how this is going to go. Like, we didn't really have, like, our first wave until, like, April-ish. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. Like, I work in retail. Like, I don't want to be around people. And then I came back, and I was only getting, like, 12 hours a week. But we got hazard pay, which was nice. So it helped. But, like, you can't really live off of 12 hours a week at 15 75 an hour. (laughs) Like, you know, I don't know. But. And, yeah, I mean, that's shit that people are going through everywhere. It's nuts and i had to explain to somebody like why people on unemployment who are getting like 400 or 600 dollars a week aren't the enemy and they're like well there are people who abuse the system and i'm like i'm talking about the moms and dads who like (laughs) need to feed their kids and keep their water and electricity on like i'm not talking about those people yeah and it actually like that turned into another Twitter war because they called my um, fantastic co-host, Jess uh, Donahue. They said, somebody get this Whoville looking bitch out of my mentions or something like that. And I was, and it was my own cousin, too, first of all. And I was like, I was like, oh, oh man, I was like, oh, this wedding's going to be really awkward when I see you. <laughs> like, oh, you really went there. But it, and then like her friend was like, oh, my God, a liberal like tried to drag me. And I was like. You don't have any empathy for people on social welfare right now in the middle of a freaking pandemic, but go on about how a liberal dragged you. Yeah, those are the type of people you just can't argue with. No. And I was like, all right, well, I guess that's, I was like, that's that. I'm going to be honest. I don't know how to end this podcast. Yeah. Well, we usually sing out. <laughs> yeah what what do we uh what do we sing for an episode like this jesse you're you're the guest uh do you have a song of choice that you would like us to sing no i don't like have any all right goodbye then everyone. yeah all right everybody. yeah wear your masks wash your hands um 
Make sure you're registered. Don't touch to your vote. face yeah. as I'm touching my face. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Eyes and ears and mouth and nose. I don't know what the word is.